Hello, welcome to Riot Act Reviews, part of the Riot Act podcast. This is another day, another review of another record that I am doing. Stephen Hill, that's me, that's who I am. And Renfrey Deadman is joining me as ever. Renfrey, it looks like you're wearing quite an open-y, meatloafy shirt. Would that be accurate? Um, I'm just wearing a sort of normal work shirt, I guess, a black one. Oh. Um, oh and I've just see. opened it up because... Yeah, there's a fair few buttons. Pop what can I say? There, I'm a sexy motherfucker, so mm. I need to show that off. <laughs> I'm glad. You all right? You good? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, a little bit uh, discombobulated oh, at news things that we'll talk about on Friday, probably. But I'm excited about to talk about this record uh, by one Absolutely. of my favourite bands. So yeah, good. Yes, so am I. This is where we bring you our thoughts and opinions on some of the big albums coming out in the world of alternative music today we are going to be chatting about biffy clyro the myth of the happily ever after the ninth full-length studio album from the scottish alt-rock megastars to follow up to last year 2020s a celebration of endings record um, this is said to be a sister record to that particular album in fact isn't it yeah um so, so- something biffy do a fair bit yeah the companion album is quite an interesting concept and it's not one that bands usually prescribe to that often um and actually even when they do it's usually for releases like they'll look back 40 years and they'll go oh there's quite a few b-sides on here which are quite good and try and put something together that way very few bands sort of do it in the present in the way that biffy do but Biffy has done it for quite a few of their records. Puzzles had Missing Pieces, which was like an American release um, and download. Um, Only Revolutions had Lonely Revolutions and Opposites had Similarities. And in the past, it's been a place for the band to experiment and expand on some of their more unorthodox ideas, I think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, it's not entirely clear whether this is the next in that series of records or whether we are to treat this as the new Biffy Clyro album. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I was going to ask about this, actually, because um, I'm aware of those other Biffy Clyro albums, really just from you bringing them up. You are a bigger Biffy Clyro fan than me overall, I'd say, although I would consider myself a fan of the band as well. Mm. But you're certainly the more... um, You have a deeper in-depth knowledge of their entire back catalogue yeah. i was sort of vaguely aware of those albums but i just sort of thought they were like b-side rarities acoustic versions remixes of some of the songs um but yeah this does appear to be being treated probably for the first time ever i would say I, I will defer to you if you think that this is maybe not the case but this appears to be the first time that biffy clyro are treating one of these companion piece albums as it's as a proper full-length record as well is that right i would say that's entirely accurate yeah in my opinion um whether whether we can call this uh one of the companion albums or not it certainly started out as a companion piece to a celebration of endings and here's a chance to plug and pull a quote from my interview with simon from october last year go and check that out on the riot acts feed um i asked him is this a companion piece to a celebration of endings in the same way that similarities was a companion piece to opposites and simon said exactly it's exactly that basically whenever we start working on a new project or a new album it's so important to me to have no songs left over if i'm writing in a two-year period towards an album i don't want to be thinking oh i had a pretty good riff two years ago but it wasn't quite good enough to make track one on that record but I'll keep it around. For me, I like to be quite brutal. So every single song idea I have that's hanging around, I really want to share it so that each time we start a project, it's equally as exciting and terrifying and feeling like you're starting all over again from scratch. And then he went on to say, um, a couple of songs are a bit more electronic, a couple are more keeping in the vibe of a celebration of endings. But the good thing about recording them outside of that album is we can kind of just push the edges. We can take them into much different areas now because we're not trying to make it a cohesive part of a celebration of endings. So it can be a bit more, you know, chaotic, I guess would be the word. And I think that is a pretty, you know, that that was an interview conducted almost a year ago as we speak. I think just over a year ago, actually. And things change, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't want to hold Simon to those words exactly now because the project may have changed in his mind a little bit. Um, but I think that is a pretty... Uh, concise and decent summation of what we have with the myth of happily ever after um would you agree with that steve 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I think, good for picking that quote out, Renfrey. What I will say is if you go back and listen to that interview, Simon Neal's got a sexier voice than Renfrey's. Um, I I was half tempted to do it in Scottish, but I thought that (laughs) might offend people, so I decided not to, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, But Simon's got a far better voice than I do. Far better. Yeah, you know, I... That, that sounds like a good approach. I mean, what I will mm. say, for a little bit of a spoiler, if it's true that these are just the ideas that were left over from that last record, and this is everything, mm. that's mightily impressive. But I think we'll get to that in a little bit. We should say that we were very positive about a celebration of endings. Um, My favourite Biffy Clyro album for, for years, and I, mm. I re-listened to it in preparation for doing this as well and i think it's a fantastic record i think it's it's a great record and as well we reviewed the soundtrack to balance not symmetry which is not even really considered a full biffy clyro album even though it clearly is Mm. a biffy it is a biffy clyro album yeah it doesn't appear to have been counted as a biffy clyro album it doesn't appear to have been canonized i suppose yeah. you could say mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I i think there's some great shit on that record you know um apparently the film that it was soundtracking wasn't too hot but um i think the soundtrack's great really really good yeah i mean we said after i think you and i were both fairly ho-hum on ellipsis from yes. 2016 yeah i think that record um balance not symmetry kind of felt like biffy throwing off the shackles once again that so many mainstream large rock bands obviously feel kind of tied to and a little bit neutered by and ellipsis was probably the first time i heard a biffy clyro album where i was like there appears to be a greater consideration for um what your normal stadium rock fan would want to listen to uh than there had been on any of the other records and that's not strictly a bad thing if you write good songs um and there are a few often do yeah and there are a few pretty really you know uh, pretty good songs and some really good songs actually on ellipsis Mm -hmm. there's also some stuff which uh felt a bit to quote lars ulrich stock (laughs) um but um but balance not symmetry was harsher and broader and more challenging and just just weirder i think than biffy clyro had sounded for a little while and i was delighted that with um uh with the celebration of endings they didn't completely throw all of that out and as they never really have they never really just completely gone oh we'll throw all these ideas away completely but i thought what was great about celebration of endings is that they felt really reinvigorated to write a proper Biffy, a, a quote-unquote proper Biffy Clyro album after Balance Not Symmetry when Ellipsis had been, like, somewhat shaky. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair to say. And I also think that's a large part of the reason why these companion albums are so interesting. Because you get to see... Uh, well, I think I would say the, the experimental side of Biffy Clyro seems right at the forefront of these companion albums more so than it is on their studio albums even an album as bold and experimental as a celebration of endings i would say because i think there's some really bold experimental stuff on that record and actually i mean opposites is very experimental stuff on it you know they've always had that but they really it does feel like they just push it out you know as simon said to the edges with these companion records and there's even the sort of even the song titles themselves, Dum Dum, which is Cup, Unknown Male, Zero One, or in particular, I would say Slurpy Slurpy Sleep Sleep, have the air of a working title that never changed, you know, um, which is fine. Um, but it kind of gives the air that there's like less, um, less, uh, I don't know if I want to say less thought put into these albums. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I do. It, it, the, well, it, it isn't. It isn't less thought. It's probably the opposite of that. It's probably maybe um, less, um, more experimentation musically, and less less thought over. Uh, I guess less consideration as to what would be acceptable for a broad Biffy Clyro audience, a a, a Reading headlining band. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I'd say because I think Biffy, I think Biffy do probably consider their audience a little bit 
when they make records yeah i think i'm so. sure they do i think any band of that size i think there'd be a lot i think most bands would be liars if they said they didn't at least consider what that would look like or what that would sound like in front of lots of people when they know they're going to go and headline Reading or download or play arenas or do you know what i mean i think people in bands of that ilk I think even even radiohead i think probably go i wonder what this will sound like live or yeah. i wonder how we can make this work live i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all but this maybe would be the point where they go let's make these songs for us first and foremost which i'm sure they do that anyway but i think even more so i think the kind of the consideration of how's this going to play out live probably they just maybe never get to that point with the now with the companion albums because but first and foremost you concentrate on the songs that are chosen to be on that record and how yeah. you make that record and what you're left with can often be a bit more of a kind of hodgepodge of grand ideas and weird little things and things that you as a band might find funny or interesting or whatever um but it's pretty amazing that this is what they come up with i think that's what this is an interesting exercise in though isn't it it's a it's mm. an exercise in not coming up with new riffs but sorting through the riffs that you have and finding ways to organically put them together and i think biffy clyro like this album proves and it shows time and time again that they are incredibly good at putting sometimes quite disparate parts together uh, and making them seem seamless which I think is a really underrated skill. And I think these companion albums are an exercise in that sometimes. And that's quite an interesting way to have like different approaches to different records. It keeps things fresh and it keeps things interesting. I, like whenever we get a new Biffy Clyro album now, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to hear. I know I'm going to hear something that sounds resolutely Biffy Clyro-esque because their identity is so strong. But I don't know exactly what sound that is going to take. Mm. I would I would say broadly, there's an awful lot of electronic stuff on here. There's an awful lot of synths and a lot of experimentation with what I would say are not the traditional instruments that Biffy Clyro uh, warm to, usually. But, but, but yes... D definitely a lot of synth stuff which we'll yes. get into yeah at the brits they were interviewed at the brits earlier this year and they said that the album would be positive but nihilistic which in the mouths of lots of bands is it's going to be heavier but more melodic <laughs> which is not what you want to hear any band say ever but with biffy because they do seem to have such a strong grasp both on the expansive and the melodic on the epic and the heavy on the kind of angular and the um instantaneous that that made me go oh that sounds exciting yeah positive but nihilistic mm. um and i think that's kind of broadly sort of what this record is i think mm. there's some very positive lyrics on this record mm -hmm um there's some really kind of massive crescendos of woe woes and yeah yes yeah but there's also some weird shit <laughs> like really weird uh some and really unexpected shit um, yeah I and think... not necessarily super heavy like we had cops here from the last album where we were like oh it's screaming and heaviness and i don't think there's anything quite as instantaneously abrasive as that but there are certainly bits in it where you go oh that's a bit mm. jagged that's a bit mm. unusual that's yeah. a bit sort of uh outside the box isn't it for a, a big rock band so let's probably let's get into it then mm -hmm. Renfrew goes track by track dum dum opens the record um and this is how a big band should open a record i think mm. oh, if well, you are a band of i think if you are a band of a significant profile you want some kind of slow building subdued into euphoric album opener because i listen to dum dum and i go ah start of the live show right mm, mm, mm. open with that lights go down in an arena or on a festival stage all the flash bombs and fucking pyro and shit starts going off. The video screens light up. You get a song that sounds like that. And that is how 
a stadium stroke arena stroke festival headlining band should probably open their set and i think dum dum is oh it just straight away it screams set opener to me that's an interesting point because it'll be interesting to see how they treat this material if i'm going back and thinking about the previous companion albums i'm still going to call it that for the moment uh i don't think i think it's a rarity that they play anything from those albums live so it'd be interesting to see if they put some of the songs from this album into their set as regulars or not but yeah i certainly see where you're coming from in terms of dum dum could open a very interesting arena live experience the sort of thing that i think muse would pull off or something like that and i think biffy have gone into those areas in the past um it is a song constructed primarily around soft synths sampled from simon's voice which immediately sounds like something that biffy clyro don't often do so immediately you're off to the races in terms of like doing something quite experimental and a little bit off kilter for that band um it's a track that reminds me of some of the more electronic orientated tracks scattered throughout 2013's opposites it's quite spacey throughout and simon's repeating refrain of this is how we fuck it from the start i feel like likely refers to the pandemic but but it's also broad enough to relate it to any number of different interpretations it's a brave beginning and i have to admit i've i've not always been convinced by biffy's excursions into electronic territory but um i actually really i thought this was really strong i like this a lot yeah i really i really liked it as well and it put me i mean it's what you say about these kind of companion piece idea albums it immediately made me go because i I like biffy clyro am i enough of a fan like you are probably um or like somebody who's a kind of obsessive of, of the band to go do I need the kind of weird stuff that was mm. left over? Do I need the kind of the, the to boil the bones and sort of pick through every single part of the recording and writing process of an album cycle? I'm not entirely sure that I do. I like and Biffy. Do you, and do you need that on every album? That's the real yeah. rave thing about it. It's crazy, yeah. you know. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. To kind of use every piece that you ever create yeah. um, immediately. Uh, I don't, I'm always like, well, you know, obviously there's going to be stuff that maybe is slightly too um, weird or maybe a little bit undercooked or whatever, you know, like I, I and I'm, I'm not sure I'm a big enough fan of the band to be like, oh, I need to hear every morsel of yeah. stuff that they do. Um, Understandably. As opposed to a Nine Inch Nails, say, for example, sure. where I'm like, whatever Trent Reznor does, I want to hear the fucking demo, I want to hear the whole thing. I'm not sure I'm that... You want to hear him taking a, a shit? Uh, I don't know about that. But, um, <laughs> uh, but then that, coupled with Hunger in, a Hunger in Your Haunt, which is the second track... A Hunger in Your Heart... Heart in your yes. heart, Steve. What, what did I say? Haunt. Haunt. <laughs> yeah. right, which, is, which is quite a nice. It's quite a nice turn of phrase. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, I think I just can't speak properly at the moment. <laughs> uh, anyway, it immediately sounds like a single. This yes. song, and I think it says yes. a lot about Biffy Clyro that you can create a song with such a propulsive beat and quite a harsh guitar tone and quite a harsh vocal. Um, they've managed to get this sort of thing on radio before, and I listen to this and I go. This does sound like the sort of thing that Biffy Clyro will be able to get playing on the radio during the day on quite a mainstream radio station. But if a new band came along and wrote this song <laughs> yeah. and handed it in, they'd be ignored probably, I which agree. is obviously a real shame. It's obviously a massive sh a shame. But because of the fucking woes and the yeah, yeahs and all the, the kind of woes and the yeahs and how propulsive this song is and how much it sounds like a single... I was like, I mean, it's great. I think the song is the song is brilliant. Yeah, as sort of just discussed, and it weirdly feels it feels challenging, yet kind of mainstream rocky, which is very very Biffy Clyro, very that's, Biffy Clyro indeed. That's what Biffy do best, I think it's fair to say. And you know, long term listeners will know that when it comes to me picking singles, I'm not generally the best choice for that sort of job but i assumed the first time i played this album that hunger in your heart was the single because it just screams mm. singles so much um and i was really surprised we'll get onto it later but i was really surprised when i found out they actually went for unknown male zero one which is track nine on this record um 
But there's a, a, a spindly, spidery guitar line over this huge, melodic, anthemic chorus, which is more or less how I would sum up 50% of Biffy's Latter Day output. But this is a very fine example of it, so I'm totally fine with that. Person, personally, I didn't need the world stuff at the end. I, I'm, not, I'm never a massive fan when Biffy do that, I have to admit. It's one of those minor things, and it, it doesn't bother me enough in any way, shape or form. But... Uh, when they do go into those stabbing guitar chords at the end, which immediately conjure uh, Vertigo of Bliss style or even the intro to Living is a Problem because everything dies, you're just like, this mm. is Biffy Clyro. This is no one but Biffy Clyro. No one's singing at this point. You know, it's just the band doing these guitar stabs. And that is a Biffy Clyroism now. You know, it just is. Definitely. What it made me think as well was after two songs, I was like, this is an album this is a proper album immediately i feel like this is not some weird companion piece of experimental unusual uh, undercooked quickly hashed together stuff this feels like a full-blown proper record so if you're thinking about going into going ah you know it's just kind of the stuff left over from the last album that may or may not be the case i don't really know that may or may not be the case but i feel like I'm happy straight away two tracks in to go it's a proper Biffy Clyro album I half agree um I think by their very design and by their nature because you're collating together a bunch of riffs which you know may have been written in the same session but don't necessarily relate to one another and trying to make them to relate to one another I don't think it is as cohesive a record let's say or thematically cohesive record as say a celebration of endings or um or only revolutions or anything like that but i think they have done enough to to make it cohesive enough and when putting the disparate parts together and thinking of the i, I believe they have been thinking of the album as a whole when mm. trying to put it together i don't think i could hand on heart say this is as cohesive as anything that biffy clare have ever done i know you didn't say that i've slightly exaggerated what you said but you know um massively but, yeah, <laughs> yes I, I have actually uh apologies but um but yeah I, I it does feel like an album just about i think so yeah i really like denier as well i was wondering what you think of the woo 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 woo, woo bit that um the hook that that's again that feels really biffy clyro as well that kind of woo 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 like yeah no one else really vocally does that in yeah. rock music i yeah. don't think yeah that like like and, and, yeah um that kind of hoot um and anytime simon's voice gets a bit stretched and a bit ragged mm. and a bit frantic is always going to be good for me i don't think it's one of the best songs on the album but it is it is good i'm still three for three at yeah this point. yes i'm definitely three for three um it's one of my uh no i was about to say it's one of my least favorite on the albums it, it's not one of my least favorite on the album but it's one of the ones which i'm just like this is a cool song but i'm not totally like bowled over by it or anything like that i do really like the fact that it's quite I mean, this is what Biffy do brilliantly. It's actually quite a complex song and quite a weird song, but they just make it sound really anthemic and massive and poppy and not weird in the slightest. The bass is the main driving force and the main driving riff in this song, which is, you know, in and of itself quite unusual. And Simon's just sort of playing around that. So I, I love the fact that Biffy Clyro can do that and make it seem like the most natural thing in the world so seamlessly and so easily brilliant mm. yeah I, I do like it uh separate missions the last the, the last song the next song um i thought i'd accidentally switched on that new duran duran album when that came <laughs> on, it does seem like something that could have been on the the new duran duran it's very synth heavy well i wrote down to pesh very mode synth heavy. I, I thought depeche yeah. mode is maybe a little bit more accurate just because it's a bit darker and certainly that gloomy bass line that underpins those synths um, when that comes in and then when you get the synth sort of stretching itself to the point where it sounds like it's digitally dissolving in a pool of digital acid digitally hmm. say digitally again <laughs> it, it's, it's a pretty harsh noise for an arena filling act it's the sort of effect that i would expect maybe a lingua ignota to use or something like that but 
it makes the chorus when that does come in all the sweeter with Simon's falsetto vocals and those shimmering guitar chords. They feel like a calming balm upon my ears um, when when that comes in. I think this is a really cool. This is definitely one of the more experimental ones and one of the more electronic ones, isn't it? Yeah, but it still sounds like Biffy Clyro. Yeah, absolutely, that's the thing. That's I think that's money. what really impressed me about it because I was yeah. like, this is so far away from what when you think when when if someone's if i say biffy clyro to you or you listening whoever you will have immediately a, a sound will pop into your head mm. right mm. some whatever and and that might be if you're a fan of the early stuff it might be something a bit more jagged and angular and a bit weirder if you've been a fan since the kind of only revolutions sort of commercial high points it might it'll, be something a bit more it'll all be different but it'll all be identifiably biffy clyro that's the yeah. bonkers thing yeah. But it won't sound like separate missions. No, no. But yeah, it does still sound exactly like Biffy Clyro. I think that's an incredibly hard skill to pull off. Really, really difficult skill to pull off. Yep. Um, and then uh, this is the point where I was like, fucking hell, which is yes. cup. Uh, Good. Which <laughs> one of the best starts to a song of the year. All this brass and orchestral boom bast and or bombast sorry i can't speak bombast. at the moment no, bombast not boom bast that's mr <laughs> boombastic um there is a biffy song called boom blast the ruin though so yeah that's, that's all true. you would do but you were just doing that right i think yeah. i was just doing that yeah it's not relevant <laughs> but fine um and then it just stops and it goes really quiet it turns into like say it ain't so or something <laughs> and uh, this is amazing this so is something <laughs> yeah there's a lot of sibilants in that so i was sorry i was enjoying the sibilants so i apologize yeah, that's good fun. uh i really respect biffy clyro as a band because of things like this because again this essentially you put it on and you go oh it's obviously biffy clyro but it's biffy clyro doing a really kind of quiet weezer song meets the divine comedy without <laughs> sacrificing the thing that makes them really unique and the chorus right and the last time i compared a band to this band i did it with enter shikari and i got loads of fucking grief for it people had a right old cry please note that i do not believe this to be a bad thing but the chorus sounds like a modern take that song and i you mean charlatan that. i mean that Cancel in him. the nicest possible way yeah I know. like it's a really massive pop hook yeah this song's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the the trumpets or the horns or whatever ever it is sort of immediately recall the captain for me, although they are done in a very different way. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, very quick. Captain Birdseye. If you like, yeah. Uh, and then very quickly reduces itself down to just Simon's very soft voice and an organ type effect i'm gonna say i think the album does this quite a lot and um basically goes from a big bombastic beginning and then goes down to a quiet verse which is quite a I, I, that doesn't feel like a comp that doesn't feel like the most common thing to do it feels like you start quiet go loud then go quiet then loud you know and i was wondering if that was related to the fact that um Biffy Clyro were really excited about potentially touring this new record, A Celebration of Endings, last year, and then suddenly they were let down because of the global pandemic. And I had no idea if that was something that was written into it or not, but I kept noticing that pattern in the songs. It felt like being really excited about something and then being let down. And whether that is on purpose or not, I might be reading... I do sound, I do feel a little bit conspiracy theorist when I say that. I might be reading way too much into it. But I noticed that as a pattern and I wondered if that was related to that. It is an interesting hypothesis, Rimfrey. It is. At the very least. Yes. And I've noticed, I noticed it as well, although I didn't put those two things together. <laughs> I just thought, what an excellent grasp of dynamics this band has. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think, I think you know, I mean, Witch's Cup, you could say it's like Biffy Clyro meets Satanist era behemoth in lots of ways, you know, with those horns and stuff. And it, it's a yeah, how. I mean, yeah, catchy, like really, yeah. really catchy, and uh, that's a contradiction that Biffy excel at and have pretty much their entire career. I think. I mean, the fact that I don't feel like that's a weird comparison, whilst also comparing them to Take That and the Divine yeah. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> on that song, Behemoth, Take That, and the Divine Comedy. That is astonishing. It would be astonishing if you could get all three of those influences across one record, let alone one song. 
Mm. Uh, this is one of my favourites on the album, and it sounds like yeah, it might I, be, yeah. I love, I love, I love this song. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Um, Holy Water is one of the slower songs on the record. I personally felt that when we got to a celebration of endings, um, it wasn't actually around this period, but it was a song. Instant history was the one where I was like, oh, I'm not so sure about this yeah. song. I didn't really like it at all. Um, just a and quick I update if... I still love that song like it came on yesterday when I was listening to it I was like I know Steve isn't into this but I really think that's a great song Instant History really yeah I, li- I listened back to it just to double check that I could still sort of say that and I do still find it like a little bit too Mallory Knox for my liking to be honest yeah, um, yeah. and I wondered if this was going to be the sort of equivalent track to it but actually I think particularly by comparison this is a far far better song and it's actually not really a ballad at all when you get to the end of it is it i mean it's not it's it's actually i've because i've been doing my notes i'm like oh it's the ballady one and then at the end i'm like oh and then you get a big (laughs) deftones mashuga riff at the end at the end of it uh for something which starts with an acoustic guitar um I guess we're making it sound like there's a lot of shit being thrown at a lot of walls at the moment but again the through line through all of this is it always sounds like Biffy Clyro. The nice bits on this sound really, really nice, like a really nice Biffy Clyro song. And the heavy bits, that kind of, it is that kind of doomy Deftones style riff that comes in at the end, which I thought was fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, but tonally, again, very, very Biffy. It's really good. This Like this song is, is really good especially when i suddenly went oh okay this might be where i because it is quite you know it is quite um floaty and quiet and um a bit more mainstream sounding at the start and i was like okay that's not enough to completely put me off but what's going to happen by the end i was like oh you silly fool yeah this is fucking amazing uh this is again is one of my favorite songs on the record i think it's absolutely fucking amazing i believe um i'm guessing here a little bit so you know don't hold my words to account but it, it makes me think the way that this song goes the fact that it starts with a part which is so different to how we end it makes me think that maybe it started out as two separate ideas or maybe even three separate ideas which were just completely apart from one another probably written at totally different times maybe in totally different places um and it feels like this song in particular and there's a few like this but this one in particular feels like an exercise in trying to put those parts together and make it cohesive and biffy do and it's astonishing if you listen to the first 30 seconds of this song then you listen to the last 30 seconds of this song you just to be like, how the fuck do they get from there, from A to B, in, what, five minutes or something ridiculously short like that? But they do. And it is seamless. It is completely and utterly seamless. And that, to me, is just brilliant, brilliant songwriting. Um, I think Holy War is brilliant. Yeah, it's it starts like Machines, the last song on Puzzle, and it ends like some sort of, yeah, Meshuggah, Deftones. It's a metal riff like it's, it is. it's the metal rhythms and the double bass and like it's the double kick it's fucking it's awesome it's great mm. really really good and errors in the history of the holy of the history of god not the holy god uh errors in the history of god is the next song very obtuse and a bit weird to start with fine i'm okay with that they're good at that simon neil tells us that we're all trolls got a point isn't he um <laughs> yeah. very very angular biffy clyro guitar part which is like classic biffy like you say that kind of stabbing thing which is go that's a biffy clyro ism now those kind of guitar riffs that you you don't really know where the riff is actually going that's very biffy clyro those kind of weird angular guitar parts and they haven't really done it um to the extent they do it here on the record at all, it's kind of become a, ca- a calling card for them, I think. Mm. Um, it, it sounds really nice. Again, more acoustic-y kind of folk bit that they bring in, some space rocky stuff. This kind of reminded me of something from that last Muse record, which we weren't very um, positive about at all, that last Muse record, were we? Well, mm. I wasn't, no. anyway. No. I'm not sure about you. I don't no, think you like... were either. No. Um and that was an awful album. I remember saying, like, I think this might just be an awful idea. Mm. But I think this song proves that it's not actually a bad idea. 
It's just that Muse are bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I mean, look. Yeah, okay. I mean, this is not my favourite song on the album by any stretch of the imagination, I have to say. But I think the consistency has been very admirable. And I think the bass line on this song is really fucking great as well. So we've got a really great bass line. Um, yeah, it's an it's an unusual hodgepodge of ideas, this yeah. song. Well, this is a little bit like Denier for me in that, you know, for me, it's not a highlight on the record, although it's not a song that I dislike either, but it feels like quite a typical Biffy Clyro song. And when you take a step back and look at that, uh, that's quite a bonkers thing to say, because as you've rightly pointed out there, this is not an atypical rock song in any way, shape or form. It's really quite bizarre. But again, I, I just think this is an example, another example of why Biffy Clyro are just so brilliant and just should be treasured in this country like as one of the most mm. forward-thinking bands in modern history mm. it is that song it's it's fine it's um sandwiched between holy water which is great mm-hmm. and hara urara mm. which i fucking love mm. i this. love this song mm. i absolutely love it this is like a smooth jazz 80s pop song that morphs into kind of acoustic indie. It's like Damien Rice meets Hue and Cry meets Battles. This song. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? It is, it still sounds like Biffy, like everything on here does. This is exactly the sort of song. I tell you why I like it, right? It's exactly the sort of song that the fucking Twitter neckbeards on the download Twitter thing will be moaning about, getting fucked off. Like they'd hear this because they have to wait two minutes before a distorted guitar comes in because <laughs> they're so fucking boring they can't even wait two minutes but this is fucking great this song mm. it's fucking great it's epic catchy it's unique it's instantaneous it's kind of simple despite being jazzy and weird and full all kinds of stuff it's brilliant and it's also three and a half minutes long yeah. It's like the perfect pop song. It's fucking great, this song. But it feels really epic, doesn't it? It feels like it goes to a lot of different places. Um, I got a big Barry White vibe from the beginning, and I'm totally A-OK with Biffy Clyro doing Barry White. That's um, absolutely fine with me. I'm certainly OK with them doing Barry White more than WAP. Um, and then, yeah, filters down to that brilliant acoustic guitar and Simon vocal. Again, that unusual pattern in the song. I completely agree with you. I think this is a wicked song. Haru Araru. Yeah, Hara Arura, I believe it's called. Uh, Unknown Male 01 starts like Let's Go Crazy by Prince. It's got that kind of Hammond organ. Um, and then Simon comes in, it's just his voice. And his voice is... We haven't really spoken that much about Simon's voice. You know, one of the things I said when we were reviewing Trivium was that, oh, you can tell Matt Heavey's voice is Matt Heavey. And I think that can often be enough to make a band, to give a band its entire identity mm-hmm. Biffy Clyro have a lot more than that but equally no one else really sounds like Simon Neil I mean the guy from Twin Atlantic's Scottish so I don't know if he counts as well <laughs> but um, uh, but I don't think he does because I wouldn't say that whoever sung Donald Wears Your Trousers sounds like Biffy Clyro <laughs> as well so I think Simon Neil's got an incredibly distinctive unique voice he's also got a brilliant singing voice as well yeah. and he sounds luscious at the start of this song yeah it really does um i really again i really love the heavenly synths and and the way that simon sounds like you were just saying there and then the way uh, uh, again like a lot of these songs this begins electronic and then the more traditional biffy clyro instrumentation that you expect from them begins to sort of come in slowly and build upon it and i really really like that mm. uh this though hand has... claps chunky riffs mm, yeah that's the bit around two minutes 15 it comes in and then it's gone again yeah i mean there's a lot going on here it's the joint longest song on the record mm. and the amount of ideas that are present on the on the song in general i think it more than justifies its running time yeah uh but there's a fuckload of there is a lot of ideas going on here and we've just really kind of started at scratch the surface of what happens in this song it's a lot it's a lot of different stuff one of the weirdest singles i can think of in recent memory weirdest choices for singles i should say because it's I don't think it has. I, I, none of this is a criticism because I think Unknown Mel Zero One's a great song. I just, I just 
uh, I mean, maybe they chose it as a single because it's an unusual album, so they choose an unusual single to reflect an unusual record. Um, but I don't think there's anything that really... I don't think the melodies stick in your mind instantly. Like, I can sing it in my head now because I've listened to this album sort of five, six times. But, you know, I, I don't think it's instant at all. I don't think it has a traditional sort of verse-chorus, verse structure. It's sort of part A, part B, part C. It's a paranoid android of a song in lots of ways. I don't think it's as good as paranoid android because it's steady on. But, um, but, you know, it's that kind of structure. And, yeah, it's the first single. I think that's awesome and brave and wicked. But it is. But I, I am kind of boggled by it, mind-boggled by it, but in a good way, not in a bad way. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great as well. Really, really good. Um, very odd, but Biffy Clyro do odd really well. Yeah, exactly. And it's never odd to the point that it ever feels alienating to me. Exactly. You know? Exactly. They make it accessible somehow. Um, existed. Uh, I did wonder if this was going to be the one that I was going to call a slight misstep on the record. It starts sounding like a bit of a kind of... Uh, a quite an airy electro sound cloudy pop kind of thing it's very slight not necessarily strictly in a good way and to be fair from there it evolves quite a lot it does um they add a lot of layers to the song fine but and simon does a, a little bit of screaming on the probably the most mellow song on the record as well yeah which, which is, is an, really an interesting juxtaposition yeah, well, again, I mean, can you imagine them doing that on something like Rearrange from Ellipsis? I, you know, mm. I don't think they would have, but I think these albums allow them to try those things, and it works really well. Like, that's, that's my favourite bit of the song. Um, in terms of the song as a whole, I would say I don't dislike it existed, um, but it does pass me by somewhat um by the end it has brought in like a lot of really cool elements but for me it's just a tiny tiny bit too little too late it's um my least favorite song on the record it's the same that's exactly what i was about to say it's it's my least mm. favorite song on the record but i i th i still think it's like a six or seven out of ten like it's not a does like i i quite like it i just don't love it i think it's six out of ten we should have stuck with personally. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy fine. with that. But that's the worst song on the record. And yeah. I think, um, without doubt, I would say the worst song on the record. And I still don't think it's a total stinker. No. No. Yeah. <clears throat> which leaves us with Slurpy Slurpy Sleep Sleep. Which is the best song on the record. Much well, like Cop Syrup. Yeah. Uh, on the last record, they have saved the last, uh, the best of last, I think. This is fucking awesome. Proper Nine Inch Nails electro nihilism what the actual fuck is going on right at the start yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i did wonder if we were going to get a kind of companion piece to cop syrup where they went you know very very abrasive and very heavy and while that isn't really this at all it's got enough nods to shit like killing joke and a bit of craft work probably kind of late 70s early 80s craft work like i say lots of nine inch nails even a little bit of mid-period Dillinger Ironworks Dillinger Escape Plan mm. as well that I can hear in there a little bit, and um, or maybe even more kind of Greg Greg's solo material more than Dillinger mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. in actual fact, but it's also got a very very positive sentiment as well. Yeah. Uh, Don't waste your life, love everybody, being one of the big hooks on the song. Mm. Those are the lyrics, mm. um, and the riff. There were a few bands in the early part of the twenty, like the late nineties and the early part of the twenty-first century, who sort of tried to do big riffs, like hard rock riffs, with electro music. Um, Vast, do you remember Vast? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, that's that got that got that one good song, haven't they? You can't tell me what to do anymore. God, now I'm free. Now long I'm free. time since I've listened to okay. Vast, if I'm honest radiator do you remember radiator they yeah, basically were yeah, like you talk about led zeppelin. quite a lot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah led zeppelin with like um the good ideas for bands yeah like a good idea to do a kind of it, it was basically kind of trying to take the prodigy and led zeppelin and sort of together Mash them together um yeah. the idea that computers and synths could make classic rock songs and slurpy slurpy sleep sleep 
feels like that idea taken to its natural conclusion to as kind of higher place and as good a place that it could get to mm. i think yeah that all of those bands in the 90s that were sort of fumbling around with synthesizers and sort of trying to crank out vaguely zeppelin-y sabbathy deep purpley riffs but still try and make them sound modern biffy Clyro have kind of taken that premise two decades later i mean that's no, not like they're the only people that and obviously the Claxons and Enter Shikari have been around and bands like that. But this is mm. definitely different. Yes, um, definitely. And they've done that. And they've actually done it. And you go, wow, this doesn't sound dated or compromised or cheesy or anything. Oh, I think this song is fucking so good. So good. It doesn't sound particular to this time either. And I'm not sure if it ever will. Because it's it's kind of, you know, there are distortions on Simon's voice and there are effects on it and stuff like that. But it's not that irritating auto-tune thing. It's just kind of more of a robotic sort of uh, army kind of thing. Almost like a Terminator thing. But then when this song comes in properly with, you know, those those absolutely cataclysmic drums and that all that double pedal stuff and i'm just like it feels you really feel it it really kicks in and like hits you in the gut um and then there's these kind of vangelis-esque soundscapes and wide expansive synths that are put on it as well a couple of minutes into the song it effortlessly changes into a far more driving guitar orientated riff before that angelic reverie of simon singing before it ends please give love to everyone and all yeah that all that positive sentiment it, it, it it's absolutely fucking brilliant this song yeah and i think it probably is my favorite on the record as well i think it's a, a, a absolutely fantastic song and i do see it as a companion piece to cop syrup in a way but what's really nice is i was half expecting it to be a companion piece to pop cop syrup and it is but not in the way that i expected um and i really really like that i like having expectations and having them subverted into something which is equally as good if not better than what i thought so and biffy do that yeah very good and that's sort of i guess not a bad summation of the entire record i would mm. say renfrey because for me i'm gonna say it i don't know if this is really the ninth official proper studio album from biffy clyro i feel like it's being marketed that way and that it is we're kind of supposed to take it that way and i can kind of understand why because obviously they've not been able to tour or do many shows or blah 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 so a lot of people just want to get the next album out we've been yep. working on it so we might as well treat it like a proper album fine yeah um i really like the celebration of endings and i understand what you're saying in terms of that record being a more uh continuous solidify uh, solidification is that a word i'm not sure um we'll or like solidifying one cohesive cohesive piece that flows this maybe goes into i think just by the nature of the record i think it goes to more places yes. even though i'm not sure they ever get quite as heavy as cop syrup but still i think broadly overall they do go to more places that thing uh it's going to be positive by, but nihilistic it's going to be heavier, but it's going to be more melodic. It is that. Um, and for me, song for song, I think I'd take this over a celebration of endings. Mm. If I was offered one, if I was offered one, you can have that one or that one. I think I'm having the myth of happily ever after. And that's quite a big thing to say because I really did and do like celebrations of endings. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. But having sat with this for about a week or so now and having listened to it a fair old bit, I feel pretty comfortable and happy in saying that I prefer this record. Hmm. Um, I don't think the myth of the happily ever after is as cohesive as a celebration of endings. And overall, I don't quite think it is as good either. But I certainly, that is one of those opinions where, you know, if you say I prefer the myth of the happily ever after to a celebration of endings, I'm like, yeah, well, fair fair play. I think there's more than enough on here to justify that as an argument. There's no single song on the myth of happily ever after that I like on the album as much as I like Cop Syrup or End Of uh, would, would be the two that I would choose from Celebration of Ending. But for the songs that I do really like on the record, Holy Water, Witch's Cup, A Hunger in Your Heart, Slurpy Slurpy Sleep Sleep, 
I'm grateful that Billy are uh, Billy. I'm grateful that Biffy are willing to sift through those ideas, and I think it says a lot about them that they're able to come up with an album as good as this from those ideas and as you know whilst maybe not as cohesive as a celebration of it's still very cohesive and still very much feels like its own album and its own project whilst also having those connotations with the sister album to a celebration of endings i think it's fucking awesome it's really good it's really really good and if this is the shit they've got lying around yeah like that's mad yeah do you reckon do you reckon green day adds 15 songs of significant quality to father of all motherfuckers line i mean fucking hell i feel like i've got 15 songs of significant quality to father of all motherfuckers lying around i don't, don't even own a guitar or any musical instruments but i still feel like i could probably knock one of them out in half an hour or so but it's rare it's really fucking rare that a band can you know for me it's a I prefer it. Is it a better album? I don't know if it's a better album. I think song for song, I think it is. I think it is uh, superior. I do, like, you're right. I think Cop Syrup still remains a song where you go, oh, fucking hell, that is really good. Um, but song for song, I, 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 I do prefer, if you're going to go, like, track by track, there's not many times where the one-off a celebration of endings. There are a few. There are a few. It's tight. It's probably, like, you know, six to four or something, mm-hmm. or six mm-hmm. to... Um, you know five to six or whatever but yeah mm. really good i like really, as many very good i like as many of the songs on this record as i do on a celebration of endings and i would also say that i wasn't very clear in my distinction if i preferred one to the other until i re-listened to a celebration of endings so i will chuck that in um okay. but when i did put a celebration of endings on after my fourth listen to this record i did go oh no actually i do prefer that record and i do think it's a better record but it's you know that's not the point um so yeah that's just my feeling on it okay cool all right good well there you go that is biffy clyro their ninth studio album we're happy to call it that the myth of of the happily ever after go out and listen to it it comes out on the 22nd of october which is friday if you're listening to this the day that we put it out i think yes we put this out straight away aren't we Good yeah, more or less. Going to yeah. smash it out smash straight it. away. Get it out. Um, so that'll be out for you to listen to come Friday. Um, and we'll also be a, a Riot Act podcast on Friday as well for you yes. to listen to. Yes. If you're not sick of listening to our shit, which you probably are. Anyway, we better get going because you might be sick of listening to our shit. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>